Suppose I was looking for a man to make a 2200-yard cold bore shot. Who's a lie that could do that? Seems I heard about a shot like that being made not too long ago. Said the guy's name was Bob Lee Swagger. Never met the man, so I wouldn't know. Yeah, they said that, all right. They also said that artificial sweeteners were safe, and WMDs were in Iraq, and Anna Nicole married for love. Would have been a bad job to take, though. How come? Whoever took that shot's probably dead now. That's how a conspiracy works. Them boys on the grassy knoll, they were dead within three hours. Buried in the damn desert, unmarked graves out past her lingua. And you know this for a fact? Still got the shovel. recorded all that and that would have been a fine we fucking did it (laughs) a fine way into the uh bonus being high talking about too late our trees too late it's too late too late it's too late for you now but (laughs) it is just on time for generation loss and welcome (laughs) to the show (laughs) i'm Bryn, and that's jeremy hello What's going on? <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's another week with your ge- Gen Loss ge- Gentle Sirs. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> Why am I a sir? I was playing fucking uh, Spellcraft with Alex Patak today, and he kept calling me sir because he's been on like, he's like, I'm not apologizing for saying epic anymore. <laughs> 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 that was very epic, good sir. <laughs> he should be apologizing for saying it. He won't apologize. <laughs> but anyway, we won't apologize for the movie we're doing today, which is Do you remember um <laughs> Do you remember the Charlie Murphy uh stand-up special I will not apologize? Charlie Murphy did stand-up? He did after uh Chappelle show. He when he got like some sort he of He was like super famous the public and eye. he was like I mean, he did the same thing that like um, like Mick Foley or Steve-O, people like that will do. Where oh, they're like, like, well, I have stories. a public figure yeah, and yeah. I, I have to tour to just like make more money. Well, he but he did like stand up, stand up, or he was trying to at least. And, you know, <laughs> he was fairly new to it. But his uh, he had a special way too early. <laughs> it was called Uncooked. I will, it was called <laughs> I Will Not Apologize. Okay. And um, yeah, 2010. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> It's called I Will Not Apologize. And he just like didn't get yet that like it's cool when you name your special either something irrelevant that you just made up or you name it something that you said once in the act. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something that's like just like a tiny little thing that you say in the middle of it. And then that's the name of the special, right? Yeah. He, for whatever reason, was like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to say the name of the special a bunch. A bunch of times. <laughs> and so all throughout it, his like his version of like shucky ducky quack quack or whatever <laughs> is like he will just go like, I will not apologize and then There's... start a new story. <laughs> <laughs> so he was trying to do the the Bernie Mac like I ain't afraid I guess, of you, motherfucker. Yeah, I ain't afraid of you. But but like the I ain't afraid of you. He didn't like call his special that. You know yeah, what I mean? No. Like he didn't name the show. I ain't afraid of you. 
But I feel like there are comedians who've done that. It's always really cringe, though. When they, like, um, when they, they lean too far into the title? When they, like, have a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there'll be a catchphrase comedian, and they generally name their special that catchphrase. Right, yeah. I mean, I think probably Foxworthy probably did have, like, there a you, you might be a redneck thing. Yeah. But Foxworthy, I gotta say, most underrated comic in the world, probably. No way. He he's, is so he, wildly underrated. He's very rated. People he's, love well, him. I would say he's he's very successful, yeah. but he's not rated. You mean in, Nobody in a, thinks that he's, like, a good comic. In Only a people will sense. just go see him. Yeah, like... He's he's seen as like the the great you know unwashed you know like <laughs> yeah yeah him and um I think I've talked about this before Gabriel Iglesias uh, Fluffy yeah he's so funny he's so funny and he's so fucking good and I've seen him murder huge yeah. crowds <laughs> and you're like I don't I don't know why people don't rate him but he's so fucking talented and and Foxworthy his first special uh, his first like big one that that did really well. Uh, I think it might even be before he started doing You Might Be a Redneck. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Bulletproof. I mean, like, we're talking, you know, laughs per minute are like six, seven, most yeah. of the special. No. Wild. No, no moments of pausing. Just There's nothing. Yeah, like the first no 20 misses. minutes is just like tight as a fucking rubber band. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I feel like there's quite a few, like some of the bigger comedians, like later on got like less respected even though they didn't get mm-hmm. worse yeah they're still as good um but there are a lot that get worse oh yeah like um amy <laughs> schumer's a perfect example of this amy schumer was a fucking killer for so long and then she got really big and then she got really lazy and stopped writing jokes and stopped like going on tour and i mm-hmm. saw her uh i saw her once on like a huge ass tour that she was on and she got just like absolutely creamed by her openers, which oh, is no. just somewhere you don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I have never seen her do funny stand up. I'm sure she did it early on, but I've never seen um, I've never seen it be like, oh yeah, this is I clearly why. Same with Pete Davidson. Like mm-hmm. I hear he was very funny, and and then you know I don't know. I just never seen it. Yeah. Um, but I've definitely seen funny Foxworthy like. Foxworthy he's a, is he's so good. He's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's always been funny. Yeah. And I think a lot of those guys on the Blue Collar Tour, I, I never really thought Larry the Cable Guy was very funny. No, but, um, he never really did anything for me. And but like I think Engvall, um, I don't really particularly care no, but for. but Ron White is funny. Ron White is the best. Yeah. Ron White is like one of the best comics. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> Ever. But he's very well rated. Everybody agrees with that. Ron White fucking whips ass. Everyone like, loves him. Uh, like in the scene. Yeah, yeah, like like regular comics will be like, yeah, Ron White. They'll admit to Ron White being kick ass way sooner than uh, mm-hmm. Foxworthy. Yeah, he's very clever. Um. Anyway. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the show. <laughs> We're talking about movies. You know why? Comedy specials are movies. Comedy specials are movies. I yeah. don't know if you knew that. Spike Jones directs them sometimes, <laughs> and that makes them. <laughs> and that makes them movies. <laughs> uh yeah so how are you what did you watch this week um well i didn't watch this this week but i wanted to talk about it when i did watch it that's fine (laughs) um i watched um death becomes her (gasps) i love death becomes her it is weird what a weird movie insane movie (laughs) what a strange strange movie (laughs) so if you've never seen it folks at home uh out there in listener land uh the story (laughs) of death becomes her is um 
Uh, it, it is. What is uh, it? <laughs> it's Bruce Willis is like a, a, a plastic surgeon who is dating this woman, and then he leaves this woman for this actor who's friends with her, mm-hmm. and they have like a Jolene sort of a relationship, right? Where um, the main woman uh, who is played by Goldie Hawn, uh, and the the actor is Meryl Streep, the other woman is Goldie Hawn. And Goldie Hawn is like her whole life, just like Meryl Streep. You can steal any man from me, and you do it all the time. And in this case, she's like, "Please don't take Bruce Willis." Like I'm at the end of, I like him a lot. I'm at the end of like my prime. I want to settle down with somebody now. Like, Mm -hmm. please do not take this guy. And she's like, "I would never." And then like it's like a smash cut to they're getting married. Um, Right. And so then it, it like kind of like kicks off this weird revenge quest. (laughs) <laughs> where Goldie Hawn is like, I will fucking destroy her. Um, Which is so funny, because, like, is Meryl Streep, like, hot? <laughs> I mean, in, No, like, she's, like, been... She's been old forever. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing her in Manhattan, and she looks like she's in her 20s. Yeah. Uh, not not. Well, the I mean, part of the, the joke in this is that she's already, you know, pretty old. And the bit is supposed to be that she likes Bruce Willis because he's a plastic surgeon. And she's like, I'm getting old. I need a plastic surgeon. Right, right. Um, but so, yeah, Goldie Hawn, like, gets fat and, like, <laughs> gets, <laughs> right, like, cats. And she gets, like, evicted from her apartment and institutionalized. It's, like, a really weird little middle area. And uh, then she loses all the weight, comes back, writes a book or some shit like that. And then there's just like a weird out of nowhere, this already bizarre kind of like dark comedy sort of movie uh, suddenly becomes also kind of like a fantasy sci-fi situation. Yes. When Meryl Streep meets a like witch <laughs> <laughs> who offers her a potion that'll make her young That's forever. Right. And then she drinks it. And then it also turns out that accidentally it doesn't only make you young forever. It makes you uh, eternal. Like it gives you eternal life, like fucking Frieza style. And (laughs) (laughs) but but the gruesome side is that it it, no, no, it doesn't kill you. Everybody else is alive. All the other homies in the club are alive. The problem is that they kill themselves. Right. But they're like they're it like. They're like because the theory corpses. is that like if you because she says like take care of yourself out there, mm-hmm. uh, and and the idea is that I guess like if you die, you know it this doesn't change the conditions of your existence. It just changes that you don't die and you don't you know age. Mm-hmm. So in this case, Meryl Streep falls down the stairs and breaks her neck, and then she's not dead though. Her head is just like twisted around and backwards. <laughs> yeah. And then Goldie Hawn gets like shot with a fucking shotgun and then she dies. But then so basically what's happening is that the both of them are eternally alive, but also decomposing. And Mm -hmm. the movie is just about like their management of that situation, basically. (laughs) (laughs) they're They're like trying to chase after Bruce Willis because on top of being a good plastic surgeon, he's also a good like painter or whatever. And so they're like, you can paint our skin so we don't look dead. <laughs> um, yeah, because they're like corpses. They're like reanimated corpses. Like they're yeah. forever the way they are, but like always die. Like they're yeah. all dead, but they're always young, I guess. And it is just so strange. What, what a, a weird, weird movie. movie. <laughs> and like, 
because it's like who who was this made for you know like what's who's the intended audience of death becomes her because it feels most of the time like it's a kid's movie which is when i saw it (laughs) yeah that's when everybody saw it i watched it because mo had seen it when she was a kid and she was like i loved that movie when i was a kid i wonder if it holds up and we're watching it i'm like this doesn't seem like it's for kids but it's (laughs) accidentally for kids almost yeah it it doesn't it end with like them just being heads. <laughs> the end or is something. that uh, Bruce Willis dies because he, well, he never takes the potion. They want him to take the potion so that he can live forever mm-hmm. to help them forever. He doesn't. And then he disappears. And there's a really funny, like epilogue scene basically where uh, they're at his funeral and they're like, they're like, yeah, Bruce Willis. He uh, firmly believed that life begins after fifty, and uh, you know, after his fiftieth birthday, he like got into charity work and became a millionaire. Like he has this like insane happy ending life, uh, and then yeah. he died in his like nineties <laughs> with like his like loving kids and grandkids by his side. <laughs> <laughs> and then it like comes to the back, and Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn are like in the back just laughing, and then they fall down the stairs on their way out, and they break apart. And mm-hmm. then it ends with them just like broken into little bits and being like, well, this sucks. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird movie. And it's like become like a weird cult classic among like gay people. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really remember. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But like, I guess there's like some underlying like lesbianism stuff in it and like weird gay things that people like um i guess i mean i feel like it's more campy than anything that's probably where most of it comes from i don't know if it has any underlying themes really uh, of that nature at least i don't know if it has underlying themes at all like the movie's nuts (laughs) it's just weird it's about like you know wanting to be young and how stupid and futile it is i guess that would be the main theme of it but the the main thing i took away from this is like the the tone is bizarre because it's about mm-hmm. like sex and death and like decay and like all of these things that you fear as an adult like decay especially you know like as you get older and like things start to wear out and like your body starts to betray you and you're just like i'm decaying literally as i live yeah that's the kind of shit you worry about as an adult but then the colors of it and like the the music and like the way that people act and the way that things look and everything about it just screams like it's like Beetlejuice, you know. It looks like yeah. Beetlejuice, but then thematically, it's more like like the fly. interview with a vampire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah, and what's really strange about it is that it's Robert Zemeckis, and yes, and it's it's the movie he made right before Forrest Gump, and right and after, right after yeah. Back to the Future Three. <laughs> Yeah, just sandwiched between movies that were like incredibly beloved slash Oscar winners. Yeah, <laughs> he made this well, like very bizarre movie. Back to the Future Three is the Western one, right? Hell yes, yeah. <laughs> my favorite one. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, that's my favorite one, probably. Really? I don't really care about Back to the Future. It's it's kind of like Ghostbusters in that way, where it's like I don't mm. know, whatever, it's fine. I have much better, uh, much more like nostalgic feelings for back to the future than I do Uh, for ghostbusters. I mean, like I like ghostbusters. I thought it was a funny, interesting mm -hmm. movie, but like I watched back to the future like a hundred times as a kid. Um, but I especially watched back to the future three, like 
that one with the the old west stuff and yeah and the inventions and like all the steampunk shit like it's i really liked that one didn't they like not want to do it or something like that they like only planned to do one and two and then they put that thing at the end as a joke yeah yeah it's something like that and then they they got commissioned to make the third one they're like all right well i guess we'll make it the western because that was the (laughs) that was the joke in the the end of the movie (laughs) i think it was that yeah i don't really remember the story whatever were they making them at the same time Maybe I that's what it was. I don't remember the story, but I do remember that they were there was something where they were sort of like, if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do something completely different because none of us just want to do the same thing again, right? Um, and so they did like a totally <laughs> different time period where they got to make a western, sort of. I mean, it's not anywhere right. near anything like a western. It's it's an adventure movie, but I think it's fun. So Zemeckis yeah. has had a weird career, weird ass career all over the place he just seems like a jobber that's more than anything he's like a journeyman sort of character it doesn't seem like he has like an like an oeuvre it just like no it just is have what ever, he gets paid to make i guess <laughs> have i ever told you about what crispin glover said about robert zemeckis no i never told you that on this show um i went and saw crispin glover uh at ifc this was almost a decade ago now um, mm-hmm. But he was doing his like uh, tour of his two movies that he directed. It was like two nights. He did like the big slideshow where he'd read his books to you, and then he would do show his mo- one of his movies, and then he'd do a Q and A. And I was there for both nights. And uh, on the second night, it was seemed to be mostly the weirdos who were going to see these insane movies, <laughs> um, and they kind of like didn't have many questions. So I sort of like drilled him down on this about uh, about like what like what his ethics are about like how does he choose what movies to do for money to fund his weird insane movies um and he he was like well i don't normally talk about this but because you sort of phrase it in the sense of like ethics because i feel like he was getting to the point that i was not a capitalist you know he like felt kind of safe he like started going on this rambling story about back to the future um but he basically said that like he he was telling Robert Zemeckis that he didn't feel comfortable um, with Back to the Future ending the way it did, and and Robert Zemeckis just like was mad at him and was like, "Crispin, don't you want to be rich? Don't you want to be a rich person? Because Ugh. that's what we're going to be. And if you, <laughs> and if you have us change this because of your personal ideals, we are not going to be rich." And he's like, because I guess his problem was that the movie ends with their reward being like rich people where like that's that was Crispin Glover's issue right. with, with the movie. And he was like trying to get Robert Dermeckis to change it because he's like, I don't want to just be a successful writer who gets to have Biff as a slave. Like, I want us to have a good family connection. Right. And he's like, I want to be rich. You want to be rich. They're going to be rich. Like, fuck <laughs> you. And he was like, well, I'm never working with you again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's Robert Dermeckis. So he's absolutely Damn. a jobber. Yeah, I don't care for him. <laughs> I don't care for him, especially yeah, because of but, fucking Forrester Gump. Yeah, but Death Becomes Her was pretty fun. I don't think I'd recommend it. I think it's kind of wacky in a way that like <laughs> it's doesn't little. really hold up in today's <laughs> sensibilities. Uh, I think if you like really campy shit, there's probably better campy shit than this. But oh. if you're, but we're also in quarantine times and like everybody's starving, so like yeah, <laughs> if you like camp, give it a watch. Give it a watch. But if you if you don't particularly like camp or if you are like neutral on it or whatever, don't bother. 
not I am, worth it. I'm kind of curious because I don't really remember it, but it seems just insane enough where I'd be like, maybe I want to watch it. I don't know. We'll see. But you have a past with it. If you don't have any past with it and you don't like camp, there's nothing here for you. Right. I also love camp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bizarre. Yeah. Bizarre movie. So speaking of camp. Uh, yeah, what this, did you watch this week? This week I watched um, a movie that is called uh, something in Chinese, um, but <laughs> it's uh, English titles are I Love Maria. Okay. Also known as Robo Force. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. So this is a movie that I we decided to watch because um, my friend had told me about... Um, my friend had told me about this woman. We watched a movie called Writing Wrongs, which is a Hong Kong action uh, martial arts movie uh, about cops in Hong Kong, uh, mm-hmm. which is notable for um, starring a white woman and having her being like the main martial artist. Um, okay. And she's really crazy. And that movie is kind of okay. I won't get into it, but it, it's okay and interesting for that reason. But one thing that we loved about that movie was um, it's like score sounds like Metroid. <laughs> like it's this like really, really great like 80s synth uh, sort of video gamey cool score. Um, yeah. all synthesizers. And so I was looking at other movies that this person uh, scored, the composer. Um, what is their name? Something Diaz. Um, and uh, they he also scored this movie, I Love Maria, which I watched the trailer for, and I was like, I have to watch this whole movie right now. Uh, so the movie is about... Um, uh, it's really hard to say. Some sort of far future... Um, journalist um who is covering this seemingly dark organization that has a robot called pioneer one and they're secretly making a pioneer two which is sort of looks like a a chinese woman with a metal body um and she's based off of one of like a human head yeah human head all robocop body she looks like robocop um so there's a guy who wants to help like sort of the Hong Kong CIA. Um, he's like an inventor. It's the, it's also the CIA for Chinese intelligence. Yeah, yeah, agency. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, communist intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, but, uh, the, there's an inventor who wants to make like special weapons. And then there's this other guy who I don't remember what his deal is, but he's, also some sort of his name is whiskey they think he's a blind drunk but he ends up to be some sort of martial artist Mm -hmm. it's sort of a weird wacky comedy that is trying to bank off of robocop but it ends up being these three guys a journalist an inventor and this other random guy whose name was whiskey um they find this robot and then hack into the woman, the robot, her who, whose name is Maria, and they make her good. And yeah. they're trying to fight against this shadowy corporation uh, that is trying to take over something in the city. So it's like um, Chinese short circuit. Yes, exactly. It's like a it's like a three people, fi- you know, some kids find a cool friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, 
that's nothing about the movie is very interesting in terms of the story. The acting is fine. The you know the comedy's like silly. It's very silly. It almost feels like a kids movie, except the movie looks incredible. Like I've never seen a movie this influenced by anime, mm-hmm. um, and shot like this. And it's just like every single shot is like one of the most insane practical effects you've ever seen. <laughs> um, there's a ton of like huge mechs. There's like a, the pioneer one is like a mech that's like 20 foot tall. And uh-huh. I honestly have no idea how it exists on film in 1988. Like it, it looks like they just built a mech out of cardboard <laughs> and, right. and like, you know, it looks like a, a Jim Henson. However, Jim Henson would have solved making a giant robot. That's how this movie does it. There's scenes- but you see like somebody scaled with it or something. Like how do you yeah, know? Like yeah. it's not just a model that they've, no, it like filmed good. It's like running around and like steps on the journalist's camera in the opening scene. Um, uh. And then it fights. It's fighting uh, pioneer two or Maria. Um, throughout the whole end of the movie, like just so much, like it seemed like it cost a lot of money. I mean, it's only five million dollars in Hong Kong uh, money, um, but uh, it really was astounding and super fun to watch um, because it's just so inventive. It feels like you remember remember when you watched a movie like Batteries Not Included. I don't or, know if I saw that one or like. Uh, I guess Short Circuit is a good example um, or something like Dark Crystal. You know, when you're a kid mm-hmm. and you see a movie and you're like, how are they doing any of this? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those movies, which is like just never, no one in America has ever seen it. <laughs> it's yeah, just Short like, Circuit less so. Because Short Circuit is pretty grounded because it's like a human-sized robot and you're like, sure, it's like impressive that they made a robot, but like, right. you get how they made the robot. It's like... Um, like never ending story is one of these sort of things where like and and you know dark crystal and stuff like that where it's like everything is so big and moves so organically that it's just like impossible to believe yeah you're like who is who's spending all this time and energy making all this that like jim henson especially as a kid like i didn't know how you would even go about making latex and like foam right. and like these are complicated things like and they only made a couple of them. You know, there's no mm-hmm. manufacturing. It's, I mean, Jim Henson is a genius and a, an amazing person. But this is, I, I won't say that it is as impressive as something like Dark Crystal, but it is sort of just a, I had a fucking great time watching it just because every new scene I'd be like, what, what are they doing? <laughs> well, they're doing this now. And then like, there's just like in the middle of the movie, different stuff happens where it's like, then there's like one of those, there's like a droid that's like flying around and looking for right. them in an abandoned house. And just like, it keeps building on itself and being really fun. So I feel like the giant robot is something that's never been like really fantastically in my, like from what I've seen, not something that I've ever seen, like really fantastically captured in live action. So I'd be curious to see this because I feel like the only other time that I've ever seen it really done. Okay. At least is like a Godzilla movie. Right. And, and like, I don't think it's ever been great in Godzilla. You, the monsters are always better. I wouldn't say it's great. Um, I would say that it is fascinating. And I was I was really surprised that they even tried. Because it's clearly a guy in a suit in some shots. You right. Know? Like it'll turn and it'll be like a guy. Um, but there's different stuff where like when it's when the journalist almost gets stepped on and like uh, 
when they're interacting with it. It's it's pretty cool. Um, they what definitely were those kaiju lot- movies. Hmm? What were the kaiju movies that were really popular? Pacific not Rim. Pacific Rim. I'm surprised that that um, didn't go further. People love that movie, and it got us. I know, but that's what I mean. Is like you know, people loved Iron Man, and it got a sequel, and then it spawned a decade of just oh yeah, you know, co- <laughs> like endless, endless. You know, uh, trying to recapture that magic. That's Pacific true, yeah. Rim. They made Pacific Rim two, and then. You know, we didn't get like the Evangelion movie. We didn't get the Gundam movie. Like, mm-hmm. you'd think you would have gotten them. I really think that we we should. I would like to have a Evangelion movie, like a real one. Yeah, um, I'd love to see a live action Gundam Wing. I feel like that would work really well. I don't really know anything about Gundam. Uh, I've never actually watched any of the series, but I mean, I, I've always been a little bit. I don't really love big robots. I like big monsters. Mm. Big robots, I don't really get. Yeah, you're not gonna like they're... Gundam then. <laughs> well, I just not don't even think regular it's... size monsters in Gundam. <laughs> I don't even think that. Th- I just don't think that they're cool on their own. Like right. Evangelion is an awesome story that happens to have giant robots and monsters. Yeah. But but if unless it's a good great story and not like cool, I want to see these robots. Yeah. No, Gundam is really like. The stories just vary really wildly from series to series where like yeah. sometimes it's like what we're covering on Ballin' Out where it's like, it's like the world <laughs> has descended into chaos and now all war and elections are decided by Gundam battle. <laughs> and then sometimes it's like, you know, Gundam Wing is like about like world war and... uh like world peace and like they really like delve into these ideas with with absolutely no uh good ideas like there's nothing in gundam wing that i can recall that's ever like oh yeah like look at these guys they have like a political perspective they have a pretty good idea like Mm -hmm. look at that it's always just like and we've solved it by making a one world government and you're like what (laughs) what what is it though no (laughs) whatever it is no (laughs) i like the federation federation of planets from uh star trek oh it's technically one world government because they're like we're gonna be the earth (laughs) right i guess once you yeah once once there's like aliens you can't have nations anymore like the the concept of nation is just dead we all need to work together no nations we're all it's not even like a we need to it's just literally like who like who the fuck cares anymore <laughs> you know if there's another yeah. planet of people on it you're just like yeah no we did this idea is like we're done with this now yeah. well that's what ozymandias thought <laughs> i guess you're right yeah, Watchmen, yeah. yeah. but he was wrong because he or was he well i guess he would have been right unless rorschach didn't fuck it up <laughs> we'll never know we'll never know <laughs> there it's not like they made a sequel Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, they shouldn't have. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I love Maria. Uh, if you want to, if you don't mind, sort of a goofy kid movie style comedy that has just. It, it, do you remember the movie Cash Earn? No. It's like a Korean movie that is like a CGI anime with live action stuff. Like, there's certain stuff in here that looks that cool. Um, so if you just want to see some really cool special effects throughout like a whole movie, check it out. If not, don't worry about it. But I would recommend <laughs> it if you have any interest in like practical effects in the 80s. Yeah. 
So this week, uh, this week, Jeremy decided that we should watch a movie from 2006. Am I right? Seven. 2007. Seven called Shooter by Antoine Fuqua. Fuqua. Fuqua, starring Marky Mark. Marky Mark and uh, Michael Pena, Danny Glover, and uh, oh, and uh, Zoe Bonds. <laughs> Zoe Bonds. Oh yeah, Kate, Zoe Bonds. <laughs> Kate Mara. Who? This is like this is uh, six or seven years before uh, House of Cards came out. Yeah, and looks exactly the same. I wow. know. It's so weird. Wow, she hasn't aged a goddamn day. Zoe, <laughs> taking good care of yourself. Might looking mighty fine if I looking do say myself. Looking very good, Zoe Bonds, like a fine Georgia peach. <laughs> looking like a smooth peach. Just the finest amount of hair. <laughs> Just a nice smattering of a light white hair. <laughs> I was, anytime I think about peaches now, I think about parasite. When they oh, shave yeah, the uh-huh. peach. Uh, anyway, so Shooter uh, is a movie. Uh, do you want to recap it? Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, in the beginning, Mark Wahlberg is a marine scout sniper, like in uh, Jarhead. If you've seen Jarhead, it's exactly yes. like that. Um, and it, Which is cool. Which is very cool. Uh, so he's a sniper in uh, Ethiopia. They're on a mission uh, doing cover for like a convoy of uh, military trucks. And uh, him and his boy, they're doing sniping. Very cool. They're 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 plotting out the rivers and like he, they the the, the spotter. The oh yeah, he's they're measuring all the things. This yeah. Is, yeah. If you didn't know, sniping is cool because it makes shooting into an adventure game mm-hmm. <laughs> where you have to take notes and do homework yeah. and stuff. This is something that we've talked about before when we watched American Sniper. That's right. And um, I I texted Bryn as I was watching this. I've seen this before. I hadn't seen it since it came out. Basically. Um, okay. Or I'd seen like little bits and pieces of it here and there since it came out. But I saw it when it came out, and then I saw it maybe one other time. And I texted Bryn when I was like maybe 10 or 15 minutes into it, and I was like, this is what, sh- this is what American Sniper would be like if Chris Kyle ever fucked. Yeah. Like this, is like, this is like the most like big-dicked version of American Sniper as a concept. Completely. It's so much better than American Sniper. I cannot even begin to express it. Yeah, we'll just start now. In case you were wondering if this was going to be a movie where we were like mad at it, it's not. It's not. Um, we love it. It's great. <laughs> That's right. So continue to listen and we'll tell you why. Yeah, it's a bad movie. It's no. the best. <laughs> it's a great movie. Okay. So they. Uh, In every way except for what happens, it's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're 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 in So they're in Ethiopia. They're in doing Tria. cover for the convoy. Uh they do it and then like I don't know, whatever. The the situation escalates. They got to shoot a bunch of people and then um the the marines are like, "Oh shit, we've been figured out. We're not supposed to be in Ethiopia. We're out of here." Right, they're and then on everyone's the... like, "What about Mark Wahlberg?" And they're like, "Fuck Mark Wahlberg. We're <laughs> leaving him to die." Ski-daddle. And they bail. Yeah. <laughs> And then we cut to, it's years later, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> has somehow gotten out of Ethiopia, it doesn't really matter how. Uh, now he lives in uh, the middle of nowhere in the Alaskan wilderness. Because he's uh, a badass. Nobody ass. but his dog. A cute and, dog. Um, <laughs> very cool dog who, like, when he gets inside, like, goes to the fridge, opens it himself, oh, gets yeah. out a fucking beer for him and brings it over to him. Cool dog. Dude's rock. <laughs> Dude's fucking rock. 
<laughs> and if you're wondering about that beer, it's a Budweiser. Mm-hmm. It's turned towards the camera. It's absolutely uh, <laughs> a Budweiser. There's a lot of product placement in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, How else could they have got it made? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, okay, the so... The uh, CIA didn't help. <laughs> they sure as shit didn't. The Marines didn't either. Uh, so we're panning across Mark Wahlberg's cabin, and uh, we're getting some little hints at what kind of guy he's become since he got fucked over by the Marines. He's reading uh, the 9-11, the 9/11 commission. commission report. <laughs> <laughs> and they have him like sitting there like like licking his finger and turning the page <laughs> of the 9-11 commission report. Incredible. And then he like turns on the TV and like says to the dog, like, let's see what they're lying to me about today. Yeah. <laughs> um so then uh, Danny Glover and uh, his convoy of homies, they show up. Okay, wait, no. Smash cut, Langley, Virginia. A place. <laughs> Which has nothing that you should know except for the fucking CIA offices. Right. In Langley, Virginia, Danny Glover is there and they're talking about uh, Mark Wahlberg. This is the moment. Okay, so I just want to pause right here because this, this was the moment I like stopped the movie <laughs> and I was like, Wait, because I, from the poster, from the fact that Marky Mark is in it, from the fact that it's a gun movie and he's a Marine, you know, it opens very obviously where it's like, I lost my friend in the war and now I'm in the, you know, in the cabin. And I hadn't, it hadn't really sunk into me what this movie was about to be until I saw Danny Glover's face. Because what I know about Danny Glover is that he's a fucking like hardcore socialist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait. Danny Glover is a CIA agent in this movie. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> what am I about to see? Um, and what we about to see is Danny Glover comes to. Well, it's uh, also it's important to note part of uh, part of what you leave this movie with is really serious questions about how this got made because yeah. <laughs> we've talked about this a bunch in the past that like if you want to use military gear in your movie and you want it to be even remotely modern, you have to get the military's permission Mm -hmm. and the military documentedly, this isn't like a conspiracy theory. This isn't like some wackadoo, you know, like we're not talking about anything far out here or, or far right for that matter. We're not any kind of crackpot. There are just like (laughs) regular ass articles on regular ass news sites. You can read about this. The Marines, the army will strip funding from you. They will take back their gear from you. If you want to rent it from them, because where else are you going to get war shit? You know, you got to rent it from them. They'll take their shit back if they think that what you're doing in your movie is insulting to them or is denigrating them or will hurt their recruitment efforts. That or, is a fact. Or is politically unadvantaged, you know, is yeah. bad for them. Like it's it, just bad for them. For yeah. any reason, you have to do what they say. If yes. you want to make any, any, if you want to use their guns, if you want to use their, you know. Their, Tanks, helicopters. Their, their, their uniforms. Trucks, uniforms, know? yeah, all like this shit. basic shit that most movies nowadays have. Like, because yeah. they're, if you're an action movie, you are going to be pro military yeah just taking the cia even out of this because cia is when you're going to start getting into like some woo-woo territory like Mm. this is just straight (laughs) up like if you want to use a fucking hummer in your movie (laughs) like you're gonna have to get the army's buy-in and this movie is extremely anti-military right so what happens is so what happens is danny glover's like there's I'm, I want you to. Oh right, this is why I, brought I want it up. you to it's kill because the they never say that he works for the CIA. They say he works for a unnamed private, private. military company. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, which is of ob- an obvious 
rewrite or like uh, the the recut maybe it might even be ADR'd like it's mm-hmm. very clear that he's a CIA agent yeah. like he is a CIA agent he works at fucking Langley like it's Langley Virginia and even yeah. if even if it was supposed to be written even if they knew they were going to get in trouble and they were never going to be able to say that he worked for the CIA like it's obvious that like they are aware the writers of this movie are aware that private military contractors in Langley Virginia are the CIA yeah it's um, like um there was that uh South Park episode uh about um the WGA strike and they kept doing this recurring joke where the the Canadians are on strike and they uh what do they call it? the World Canadian Bureau is okay. like what their like you know labor rights uh bureau is called but every time they do it they're like the WGA the World <laughs> Canadian Bureau <laughs> It feels the same way with this, where every time they're like, it's an unnamed private military company. (laughs) Not, it stands for CIA. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, And so Danny Glover comes to Marky Mark's log cabin, and he's like, hey, look, you know, he's like, there's this whole macho thing where he's like, you're not coming in this fucking house. I don't ever want to talk to you. I don't care. Yeah. But he shows him his Congressional Medal of Honor, and he's like, fine, just you. So Danny Glover comes in the house, and he's like, I need you to kill the president. And he's like, what country? He's like, our country. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, okay, no, let me explain. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just uh, kidding. Uh, just an icebreaker. <laughs> yeah. Just, just want to put you at ease here. Um, he says, there's going to be an attempt on the president's life. You're the best sniper in the whole absolute goddamn world. What I need you to do is stake out how uh, it would happen. Um, and so we can catch this guy because we got to figure out where he's going to be. We have all this intel, blah, blah, blah. So the next couple of minutes of the movie is, you know, Wahlberg saying, no, I'm not going to do it, and then doing it anyway, going around to all the places around where, you know, the president's going to be and figuring out how he would kill the president. Obviously, you see a bunch of uh, cameras um, as he's doing this, you know, just general CCTV shit. Uh, and then so on the day, they're in a hideout. He's with the CIA guys. Yeah, they're in um, Philadelphia in front of uh, Independence uh, Hall or mm-hmm. whatever it's called. So on the day, they're like, okay, here's what's going to happen. And they've got their own counter snipers around. And he's like, he's going to be over there. He's going to be in that church. And he's like, it's going to be, he's like, okay. He's, he's setting up for wind. He's like reading the sniper's mind. And yeah, then, he's got this whole really sick scene where he's like, yeah. he's like, you know, uh, you're going to need like X wind situation, this much height, you know, this much distance and whatever to actually make this shot. The only place where that could feasibly happen is Philadelphia. The shooting's going to happen in Philadelphia and it's going to happen from this spot because it's the only place that makes sense to shoot from. And they're like, all right, well then we're going to move on him so that we can catch him alive so we can figure out who hired him. And Mark's like, all right, sick. I trust you. I believe you. This is great. (laughs) Not sure why, even though, because he's definitely supposed to be a, I do not trust the government kind of guy, but he's, he's being tricked. Danny Glover, like swindled him with his like, um, you you yeah. you may not you believe love your in country yeah you and do like, love your country and you care about the idea of a president, um, and and so what we find out is uh, right as soon as he's like he's about to shoot him you better shoot him uh, a Philadelphia blue cop you know a blue live yeah, matter cop, cop yeah shoots him in the back uh, he falls out the window. And they're all mad at him. They're like, "How could you miss?" And you suck, regular cop. And the, and and you know, 
20 minutes into this movie, you realize he was a, he was going to be a patsy. Right. Um, and, uh, God, this movie fucking blew my mind because I had not expecting that to happen. They kill the Ethiopian archbishop, oh, right? right? They don't shoot the president of the United States; they shoot the the archbishop of Ethiopia, yeah, um, who's standing right next to him. By the way, um, so Marky Mark, uh, you know, he does all this action movie stuff. He goes on the run. Does he some action movie run. ass shit. Um, he goes to his. His oh, and he meets an, the, an important thing is he meets an FBI agent yes. who tries to stop him but can't because he's a uh, pussy. <laughs> and he's, he's a pussy, and then we'll come back to him momentarily. But Marky Mark goes on the run. It's very sick, very fun. He does like an IV to himself with like a fucking turkey baster. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's nuts. So yeah, Michael Pena is FBI agent, and all he says to the FBI agent before he like subdues him and handcuffs him to a wall is. Um, I didn't, I didn't kill, kill the, the president, president and Tippins or Danny Glover was a setup or whatever. Um, and then he runs. So he goes to his boy's ex-wife's house or, you know, widowed wife's house. And it's like, I got nowhere else to go. Tell me, this is uh, Kate Mara. And uh, Kate Mara is like tenuous, but realizes that he's telling the truth. And I guess they don't like not really friends. Like they didn't barely knew each other. Yeah. Um, Maybe met it at the funeral or something. But she's like the only other person he knows, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she basically decides to help him. And uh, during this time, she, she's harboring him as a criminal. And during yeah. this time, Michael Pena is getting a ton of shit from his boss. They're yeah, like, and he gets all queued up. My man is killed. <laughs> yeah. Deep like seat. instantly too. It's so quick that he goes from being like, because he, they, they say he's like just out of Quantico. He like just showed up. He's like just out of the Academy. And, uh, immediately he's just like how did we get this ballistics information so quick yeah he got, he's like he goes from like wait i'm just gonna say what happened and they're like no you fucking aren't yeah and he's like what oh the best part everything is, of is that corrupt. scene is uh he's like uh yeah i don't a lot of stuff doesn't add up to me like when he saw me he said i didn't shoot the president and everyone's like yeah because he didn't and you're like well that's not a satisfying answer <laughs> Yeah, well, why? But he didn't because <laughs> he shot the Ethiopian president. I guess is the yeah. implication. But yeah, so Michael Pena is just like, oh yeah, he has another funny line where he's like, I guess I'll read the your report and then I'll remember it or whatever. Right. Like, he's just like, fine, I guess I'll just do whatever you tell me to. And they're like, but yeah, you're the, not the high level well. point. The high level point here is that uh, Marky Mark's been fucking framed for the shooting. The FBI is like 100% in lockstep just with what the main story is coming from the CIA. Everybody's like, Marky Mark killed the archbishop because he's crazy. And that's just what happened. And 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 they're all on a manhunt for him. And they kill his dog. Yeah, and that's when he goes John Wick. (laughs) Yeah. He goes John Wick on their ass and he decides that... uh, Oh, so then he, um, they track down the FBI agent, Michael Pena. Michael Pena has gone full rogue and is like, I'm going to go find this guy myself. Yeah. Um, and they do this insane shit where they capture Michael Pena, they throw him into a van, they take him to the docks, and uh, they put him in this, in this like, crazy ass like saw contraption this this is a thing that is so fucked up that it has to be real like like, where else would you think of this it's like a weird saw contraption where that it's like has pulleys and lever rope where they put they put his arm and gun and gun 
um, neck in a sling and then pull it so his he's pointing a gun at his own head so that it looks like he shot himself. Yeah, and there's um, like a like a little like pulley thing that makes you pull the trigger. Yeah, and I assume after he dies, they would like take the machine off of him or whatever. Yeah, just so it's at the right angle and it's his yeah. gun and all that stuff. But right before they get to do that. Um, Marky Mark is there on a canoe or some shit. And yeah, he <laughs> sniping from a fucking canoe, my man. <laughs> yeah, and then the, he kills the other guys, and he's and then Michael Pena is like, "Don't kill me too," and he's like, "I'm not gonna kill you. We're deep in this as shit, so you're either gonna die. Uh, they're either gonna kill you, or or you're gonna get killed fighting for something with me." Yeah. And so they make this, they hatch this cool plan where they're going to find a Russian. Who's the Russian guy in the wheelchair? He's like another CIA guy. Yeah, I don't really remember how they find him. But they're like to, to for in the interest of, of brevity here, yeah. uh, we kind of go through a whole scene where like they're planning and plotting and figuring out this whole idea where they're going to get revenge and they're going to get to the bottom of this whole thing during which time um michael pena is wearing a fucking che guevara shirt which is very funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess the uh, implication is that he like bought it at some roadside attraction or something yeah to like, like stay incognito or whatever but i don't know it's funny it's very funny though yeah um but so they uh kill this guy who uh has like all these armed guards at his cabin and uh he's a uh, russian he leads them sniper to, yeah he gives them some information about basically like what was going down was that uh the ethiopian archbishop was uh aware of some insane war crime that the american uh marines did where Literally they like danny Gro- killed, glover like yeah danny glover was involved and there's like some senator who's involved and uh, but there's like 200 people who got murdered and buried in a mass grave underneath like a, a oil pipeline or some shit yeah. like that. And um, and he's like, and that was what he was going to reveal. And that's why they killed the archbishop and they framed you. And I'm going to shoot myself. Catch you later. And he does. <laughs> and he does. Um, <laughs> and so they're like, oh, well, we just should go find the senator and Danny Glover and, uh, you know, confront them. Oh, Danny Glover and the senator capture Kate Mara. They have oh, a, yeah. they have his and bitch. they got this like uh, this uh, like I don't even know like just like a muscle man type guy who uh, rapes is just her? like rapes her yeah a bunch yeah, a little uh, intense. and that's really intense yeah that doesn't need to be in the movie but uh, yeah. well okay. there's a lot that doesn't need to be in the movie I honestly <laughs> think that her whole character probably could have just been cut <laughs> yeah I think she's basically there for this scene so that they have some sort of collateral to get them to come there. Um, I guess, yeah. So basically, they have a tape. They have the Russian guy saying all of the stuff, and they have, I think, an, uh, some another guy saying a bunch of stuff. So Cheney, so the senator, the senator is basically obviously Don, um, Dick Cheney, yeah. And uh, so Cheney and uh, Don, um, Glover are in a helicopter with, along with the rapist guy, and they meet at the top of a mountain. Like um, a snowy tundra mountain place. Multiple times tried to not keep their end of the bargain where they're going to, you know, give Kate Mara back and they're going to get the tape or whatever. Multiple times tried to just kill him. Um, but he's too good of a sniper and he shoots the rapist's arm right off. <laughs> yeah. This is a huge part of the experience of this movie, by the way, and something that we'll never be able to capture. And something that Brandon right. and I talked about is that 
this movie understands in such a major way how sick sniping is. That's right. And I, I, it's just, you are just <laughs> functionally God, you know? And like, there's so many scenes where like the, the scene where like, uh, where the guy's going to shoot himself in the head and then people's just heads start exploding from sniper fire. It's so cool every time. <laughs> yeah. And, and this movie knows how to do it different enough and with enough like difference in the challenges where mm-hmm. watching him do it and like the, 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 the editing and the shots around him, like inhaling and breathing and preparing. There's so much tension and, and craft and making yeah. those scenes work. Um, this movie a hundred percent understands why sniping is cool, why it's cool in video games, why it's cool in movies and why it's so attractive to kids who want to join the military. Um, but this movie hates the military. <laughs> um, so he, yeah, so yeah, it's absolutely cool. And we've, we're skipping over all of the coolest parts because we're just trying to yeah. tell you the story. But <laughs> I can't stress enough, every action scene, to me, is probably the best action scene I've seen in the past 20 years. It's so cool. They're all great. It's like Crank and this. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. uh, absolutely. It's so fun. This is why I was saying it's a great movie. Like, what it wants to do is be an action movie that uh, hates America. Incredible. So... And that's why I think it's good. So he ends up getting the jump on Cheney and um, Donald. Um, I keep wanting to say Donald Glover, Danny Glover. Uh, and and he's like, you don't have any. You can't kill me. Fuck you. You'll never kill me. I'm literally a god with a gun. Um, but I know you're not the end of this rope. Like if I killed you now, like we would just go to prison. Like there's no end for this. So he lights the 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 audio tape he has on fire they take back kate mara and they just fuck off yeah and then uh he gets arrested he allows himself to be arrested yeah and then we're we're back at the fbi headquarters in some sort of like conference room with like uh for whatever reason uh pena is not in trouble uh, he is absolutely fine. <laughs> Nobody cares that he like went on this whole adventure with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. He's just there chilling, and um, uh, and they're in this conference room with like the head of the FBI, and then Danny Glover and uh, Wahlberg's in like prison clothes and whatever. He's got and they're the like jumpsuit, yeah, yeah. And they're like, so like, what do you have to say for yourself? And he's like, listen, Danny Glover did all this shit. I didn't do anything. Uh, and they're like, well, uh, no. And and he's like, well, I can prove it. Oh yeah, so look at this. My gun doesn't work. <laughs> so he he calls some sort of meeting with the attorney general of the fucking United States, and the attorney general is like hearing him out. Um, and the meeting in in this meeting, this is one of the most unrealistic scenes in the movie, yeah. uh, where the CIA guy Danny Glover and the attorney general and then K Mara and Michael Pena are all in this, and they. They do this weird thing where Michael Pena passes him a bullet. He loads his own rifle. Which is just sitting in front of him. They're, they're, yeah, Because right. when he comes in, he's like, can you free my hands? And they're like, absolutely we can. And they <laughs> like course. undo his cuffs. And then they put a huge ass gun in front of him. And they're like, is this your huge ass gun? And he's like, it is. It is, definitely. <laughs> By the way, this thing that you all clearly saw me take from Pena's hand. <laughs> It's a giant bullet for my giant gun. <laughs> right. And then he shoot point, points it at Danny Glover's head and uses that to prove that he couldn't have possibly used this gun to kill the president of Ethiopia um, because, I don't know, some gun thing where he... He, like, pulled some sort of, like, a secret pin out of it or whatever. He disabled all of his guns because... As he does every time he travels, he says. Right, or whatever. So 
yeah, so, but that doesn't really do anything um, to, it doesn't stick to Danny Glover, but he frees himself, basically. Yeah, it proves his innocence, but Danny Glover leaves and he's like, I'm still okay, see you later. Yeah, like literally <laughs> mustache twitching, like, I win, yeah. motherfucker. And it's then- important to note that Danny Glover kicks ass in this movie yeah, no, he's, he's such great. a good actor he's so charismatic <laughs> incredible in every scene he's in <laughs> yeah and uh but he's like fuck you i'm cia it doesn't matter you have no dis- jurisdiction over me at all actually war crimes in other countries aren't illegal <laughs> yeah. and uh i can do whatever the fuck i want and so he's free and then the coda of the movie is um dick cheney who has some great lines by the way i don't know if we're gonna get to mention all of them but he has some stuff where he's just straight up saying to the camera like awesome um like america's evil shit um but he sneaks back into he basically finds dick cheney and um danny glover hanging out but there's like on his way out of this meeting with the fbi and the and the um attorney general and whatever the attorney general is like, look, man, he's right. You know, war crimes are, are absolutely fine. Uh, we have no problem with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, we officially speaking, wink, wink. And he says <laughs> the only way to get justice with people like this, wink, wink, would be if someone, you know, uh, I don't know who, but if somebody were to just uh, murder them. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know who need... would do such a thing. See you later, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. there is a little bit where he says, you know, as much as we'd like to just do Wild West justice and put a bullet in Danny Glover's skull, you can't do that. Because <laughs> you can't just do that because we're not all magical snipers, you know? <laughs> it yeah. would take a magical, very talented sniper to do such a thing. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Wish we knew one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you later. So, really, I think it's the next cut. <laughs> it's literally just cut to they're cut. hanging out at the senator's house, smoking cigars, drinking whiskey, and being like, isn't it great we got away with it? <laughs> <We're> <laughs> they're literally so just talking evil. about it. They're just like, it rules. <laughs> I love that we did war crimes. Hey, by the way, can you go to like Venezuela and do more war crimes? And he's like, I'd love to go. <laughs> I can't wait to do that. And then, and then just people's heads start exploding, and they're just like, it's him. <laughs> By the way, I don't think we've mentioned that his name is Swagger. The yeah. guy's name is Swagger, the oh, sniper. Yeah. Marky Mark's name is Joe Bob Swagger yeah. or something. Yeah, Bobby Lee, Bobby, Bobby Lee Swagger. Lee, yeah. And so when like somebody dies, they're like, it's Swagger. <laughs> <laughs> and it fucking is. Yeah, and, and he uh, goes through this gnarly ass scene where he just kills everybody. And then this movie ends where Dick Cheney is like, you know, watching Dan, Don, uh, Danny Glover like bleeding out on the floor, you know, kill, ha- watching a CIA agent dying on the floor. And he's like, no, you can't chill. Hey, stop. Hey, I'm a U.S. senator. I'm yeah, you a- can't do this. I'm a U.S. senator. And then Marky and- <laughs> Mark, he puts his gun to Cheney's head and says, exactly and yeah. pulls the fucking trigger <laughs> and then that's the end <laughs> the end of the <laughs> movie like nothing else happens <laughs> In pre- this i was like this is what the joker movie wished it could be i know just you like wish- i can't stop doing italian finger kisses <laughs> oh fucking mama that's i wish a- my arm was five times as long <laughs> <laughs> i wish i could become a meme so i could do that harder yeah uh spicy meaty ball and uh, yeah. yeah, and so he, he says, fuck you, I don't care. Uh, and then he like... Oh, he blows up the house on his he way He blows out. up the yeah. house, doesn't look at the explosion, because he's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's basically credit. That's basically the movie, yeah. Um, so um, Fantastic movie. I, incredible. This movie 
shocked the hell. I haven't seen a movie and been this surprised in what feels like ages. I know like, you texted me <laughs> about this and you were like, you were like, this movie really gets what's cool about being a sniper. I assume it's politics will get worse. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to spoil it for you. I was like, I was like, how do I do this? I was just like, you'll be surprised they stay largely the same. And you're like, Ooh. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I don't want to tell her they get way better. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was so because, um, my boyfriend, um, kind of spoiled it for me at a certain mm-hmm. point. And he was like, Oh, did you read that? They said they set him up. And I was like, Oh, they set him up. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, I don't care. I don't care about spoilers. And for yeah, that's some, not the spoiler. <laughs> for some reason that still was surprising. Like when yeah. I, it wasn't that they set him up for something, they set him up as a patsy for the killing the president. And then right. he, he's also a loner who hates the government in the woods. And I was like, Holy shit, this is amazing. Because what this movie is, if you watch this movie, this is the story of what if (laughs) Lee Harvey Oswald actually was someone who hated America and uh, wasn't a CIA asset, um, but was just a guy who hated America and wanted to kill the, or wanted to, you know, go fuck off to Cuba. And then, like, realized he was a patsy um and then it's just like a power fantasy about like what if you could say fuck you to the cia and everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> who's like destroying the country um which is so funny and it absolutely rules and it's like what's insane to me that i realized this time around is that this was made in 2007 which means that yeah. bush was still the president i know dick like, cheney's the vice like, president yeah because it's this guy is like mark Wahlberg is like a you know a military gun nut backwoods sort of like all american character there's a lot of that sort of imagery in here that would lead you to believe this was an obama era movie that would make you think like oh this is like some reactionary shit where they're like wouldn't it be great if you could kill obama yeah. it's not this was made under bush yeah. like obama wasn't even <laughs> running for president yet this is a movie that specifically <laughs> and and what's even funnier is that like you know all this stuff is like fictionalized in some ways where they're like you know it, it's a different president it's not bush you know in the movie uh did they ever show the president uh you see him from afar during the oh, scene right, where they right, shoot right. the the uh archbishop could be but, any white-haired old man yeah it doesn't look like bush in particular though um it looks like it's just supposed to be a generic guy and I think they actually say his name at some point, okay. and it's not Bush. But but what's funny is that 9-11 and the Iraq War still exist. Yeah. Because <laughs> they specifically, like, they, they there's a lot of, like, really, like, really serious call-outs here, like, about, like, WMDs and shit like that. Yeah. There's a scene where, like, somebody just straight up says, like, I buried the guys who did the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy this is a movie that is written by someone who has a lot of understanding of what really happened and what the cia really is um and it has a 61 million dollar budget you know know, like this is like put out by a serious ass studio it's bizarre it's so insane that this movie got made and then got released but what's really interesting about it uh, and then what i wanted to say um, to be clear is this is a movie where like all action movies are power fantasies, right? This is a movie where the power fantasy is a hundred percent something I actually want where someone <laughs> who is 
I mean, he's not necessarily a leftist. Like, Swagger isn't a communist, or at least he's not portrayed as such. No, um, he seems like he's probably some sort of like a like anarcho-capitalist type. Yeah, well, he seems, you know, he's only ever said that he's just like believed in the quote-unquote idea of America, like right. freedom, democracy, whatever, which you, at this point literally just means capitalism, according right. to, you know. But but you can sort of place your politics on this movie as long as you fucking hate the CIA. <laughs> as long as you understand that the government is run by a gang, a fucking evil cabal. Um, and then the power of fantasy is you get to fucking kill them. <laughs> and they, yeah. you win. Um, and it's awesome. I've never yeah, you seen anything like you win. Yeah. Like, it's not even like a... Like a um, like a like a bittersweet ending where you're like he won but at what cost the I, cost is nothing <laughs> he gets everything in the end I he really, lost his dog that's the worst thing that happened to him. i really thought they were going to go that way because it, it, it it's so smart like the movie clearly knows what it's doing yeah. and and it you know i thought that the point of the movie or whatever they're going to wrap up was going to like end up being the same thing anybody who knows all of this stuff knows you can't be a single dude with you know James Bond level talents and win against the Amer- the you know the Hydra that is the American yeah. government. But this movie's like I don't care that it can't. Yeah, be but what realistic. if you could? It's, yeah. it's Rambo for the real ones. <laughs> exactly. You know that's what it is. <laughs> it is Rambo for the fucking real ones. Yeah, um, and um, and it's awesome. But just on a on a you know on a technical level, just to you know sour things a little bit i do think the movie kind of sucks like i love it and i think it's great and i think there's a lot of great things going on in it but i think just like on a technical standpoint the directing is pretty garbage uh it looks terrible a lot of the time yeah i mean like it Um, looks i think here's the thing the acting can be really shitty a lot of the time the dialogue is absolute dog shit kate Kate mara doesn't need to be in the movie doesn't need to be there there's a half hour of the movie that could be completely gone she does a really interesting uh, southern accent i was saying she needs to be like 30 percent uglier and she Mm -hmm. would be perfect like if she looked a little bit like more normal i I would love her character um but she's a little too pretty to like pull off the character that she's trying to be but i think that this movie i think I think you're totally right. Like it looks like a mid two thousands action shooter movie. It looks exactly as shitty as you'd expect it to be. Um, and I think that's why I really actually love that about this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's the movie that allows me to experience those kinds of movies in the same way, like a random redneck white dude would experience one of these movies, you know? Right. Like, fuck yes. That's all. I'm just like looking at the screen, like hell yeah. (laughs) Every other moment. Um, and so I, I didn't really mind that it looked kind of like, uh, I don't know, like a CSI Miami episode or something half the time. (laughs) Um, it, it doesn't look great. The direct, I do think though, I think the directing is good enough to make the sniping parts really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, the action is good, I think. And, and, yeah. and on that level, it's a There's good There's a movie. lot of other stuff in between the action where yeah, you're yeah. like, eh, I don't Who know about cares this, buddy. About this? <laughs> so there's, I, I felt like there was enough literally Dick Cheney being like, there are not Democrats and Republicans. There are only haves and have nots. There is no Sunnis and Shiites. That doesn't exist. Yeah. That 
like seeing that shit in a mainstream action movie blew my mind. Um, and it, there's enough of that and enough like actually fun sniping action stuff where the middle parts where Michael Pena and him are just like, uh, what should I, <laughs> you yeah, know, or what like are the we going to do? The one that I think about a lot is um, right after we first meet uh, Danny Glover and they're, they go to meet Mark Wahlberg and then Mark Wahlberg's like, oh man, cool truck. Can I see the engine? And they're like, sure. And he takes a picture of it and then they're leaving. And like you as the viewer have already pieced together like, oh, he took a picture of their license plate. Why else would he ask them to see the engine? But then they're driving away and then one of the dudes like, he didn't care about the engine. He was taking a picture of our license plate. And you're like, thank you. Yeah, got it. You could have just, if you really thought we weren't going to get it, you could have shown his phone later. But yeah, yeah, exactly. There's some dumb, there's a t- tie it back in later, maybe. Yeah. Like, have it be important later that he took that picture. It, that would be nice. It isn't. Um, yeah, there's like probably 20 or 30 things that dumb in the movie that are just sprinkled a bunch of shit because it's a real Hollywood action movie. Right. Um, and it has to be that dumb because they're making it for dumbasses. Um, so, yes, you're right in that. I think it loses points on that scale, but I just, man, I was so happy to see where this movie fucking went. Yeah, it's went. great. A I great ca- film. I can't give it any higher of a recommendation. Um, Probably the best movie we've watched for the show. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's great. Um, politically, probably the best movie we've ever watched. Like, <laughs> I don't think I've seen a movie that is more solidly like the American government is one of the only reasons the world is bad at this point. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I wanted to mention, I know we're running over, but this movie got fucking panned. It did, um, yeah. Which is weird uh in in weird ways like um the uh the rotten tomatoes consensus says with an implausible story and numerous plot holes shooter fails to distinguish itself from other mindless action thrillers which is nonsense yeah (laughs) like i don't i i feel like uh, the New York Times said a thoroughly reprehensible, satisfyingly violent entertainment about men and guns and things that go boom. This is a movie about a fucking terrorist who kills CIA agents like you've never seen anything like this. And if you are I can't tell if it's like I can't tell if it's like these people are so incredibly politically uneducated and stupid that they're like it's all interchangeable to them. Like these could be Muslims or Ethiopians or sitting senators and they don't get it. Or is it it like, is this the beginning of this like dead end, you know, id Paul sort of shit where, (laughs) I mean the, the New York times quote where she says like, it's, it's, you know, violent entertainment about men and guns and things that go boom. (laughs) And you're like, is that really all you saw? What what are you talking about? It's the same thing as like the people who are like Bernie Sanders reminds me of my dad who yelled. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. I can't tell. I mean, I mean, I'm not even, you know, big-brained enough to say that this movie was purposefully, you know, panned, you know, in, in some sort of, you know, smear. No, I think it's smear just dumb campaign. people. I think it's, I just, think it's just dumb people who have incredibly, jobs. It's hard for me to even put myself in that mindset because while the main character is a white guy, like the FBI agent is Michael Pena, who's a Mexican guy, and Danny Glover's in it, and the director's black. So, like, even yeah. on, like, liberal impulse like, lines, it's, like, a very yeah, a diverse movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, you should be very happy about this movie. So At least for dudes. It's so strange. Um, 
That's the problem, really, is that the, is that Zoe Barnes doesn't have enough to do, I guess. Yeah, she doesn't, and there's like senseless rape scene, which, it, but thankfully, if you're if you're scared about that, is not um, gratuitous. They barely sh- they don't show anything. Yeah, it's impl- it's entirely implied, and she gets to murder him. She shoots him in the face multiple times, and yeah, it's sick. Rules. <laughs> After he gets his fucking arm blown off. Yeah. <laughs> his death rules. Yeah, his death is so awesome. God damn, I love this movie. This movie fucking rips. If you can't tell, we recommend it wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, so I guess I don't have... I, I feel like I could talk about this movie for another hour, but I'm not going to. Um, yeah, highly recommend. Just go watch it. Just like, don't, watch it. D- this is the only one that I seriously am just like, do not even like fuck around. Just I'm go watch it. I honestly, You're going to have such a good ass time. <laughs> I'm so fucking surprised that it took this long for you to put it on the list. Like, this is a this is a generation lost ass movie. Yeah, this is so fucking, this is so far up your alley, we're bowling. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't know if I'm going to just ref- be able to refrain from giving it five stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> uh so yeah i definitely watched the shit out of this movie uh i'm gonna watch it again probably before the year's out because i i had so much fun uh and if if there is any justice in the world if we've gotten to the point uh where we have enough people listening to this to start a hashtag hashtag shooter two like fucking i want to see the shooter two (laughs) i want us shooter two we need it (laughs) i want to see the continuing adventures of joe lee swagger just fucking lighting up sitting senators (laughs) just influence like put i want to see marky mark putting on a fake mustache and walking up to like gina haspel and shooting her in the back of the head with a glock (laughs) i wanted to look like a shitty budget 90s like uh rap video where they're like clearly killing like the new york mayor (laughs) yeah hell yeah like i want it to be very obvious who they're portraying (laughs) yeah yeah it'll just be like uh who who would be a good gina haspel impersonator i'm just trying to think of um kathy bates or something (laughs) in a blonde (laughs) wig or whatever uh yeah i shooter hashtag shooter two that movie needs to happen this movie did fairly well i mean it made almost 100 million dollars off a 61 million dollar budgeted film so it's like there's no reason it shouldn't exist we need you now more than ever uh mr swagger please come to our to grace our screens (laughs) uh but yeah that's all i gotta say yeah fantastic film Great go watch movie. it thank you for the incredible pick jeremy um and with that that's our show thank you for listening to generation loss uh if you'd like to hear more of this kind of stuff <laughs> um please go to our patreon at generation or excuse me patreon.com slash generation loss got ahead of myself um listen to my other show beep beep lettuce uh listen to jeremy's other show balling out super follow me at kina Matsugravi. follow him at jeremy thunder go on his youtube at jeremy thunder on youtube and watch uh, him make city skyline stuff uh you can also Watch me talk about conspiracy theories in the CIA on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dull care. And uh, we'll see you in the Discord. Bye-bye. Bye. America the beautiful. Huh. Yeah. Let me introduce y'all to the wild side. Was a high school cheerleader. Pom poms and Bobby socks, and no girl was sweeter. Come prom time, everybody was on the line. 
All the fellas singing nickel and dime Tales about love and lust and trust But Annie took it all in stride Cause deep inside Annie had aspirations Besides that, she had expectations Wanted to be a chemical engineer Making 50 to 55,000 a year Her first year of college was a success But along comes Billy possessed and obsessed He took Annie on a fatal date And showed her things that made heartbeats accelerate Annie took a hit, breathed two short breaths One for life the last for death now she's gone a former valedictorian ended up becoming a topic for historians washed up dreams shattered pride all because annie took a hit on the wild side 